Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Case Reopened. I did jazz hands, but you can't see it. Uh, my name's Kyle Bradford, and I'm joined, as always, by Tyler Therese. Tyler, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I, I like being on the other side of the table, did I? I hate it. It sucks. I don't know how you do it every week. What is this? The number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast? Yeah, because nobody else is dumb enough to do it. Yeah, it's a provable fact. Um, we've got three episodes to talk about, right? Three because... episodes. It's a triple decker. Yeah, we're trying to give you guys that content. Do you you you're as a meat eater, Kyle? You know, uh-huh. sometimes a single burger is not enough, so you get like a a double cheeseburger. How far have you gone? Have you ever had like a triple? A trip? Who who has triples? I mean, I think that's a thing, right? I'm not just making this up. I feel I feel like you can get one, but I don't know where. Triple. Where can you get a triple cheeseburger? What kind of a establishment? I think McDonald's has them. McDonald's has them. They have triple cheeseburgers. Nah, what? Yeah, triple cheeseburger, man. Just a trip, just like a cheeseburger, not like. Yeah, look at uh, that shit. Five hundred twenty calories. My God. That doesn't seem much. What's the point? You'd think there'd be more. Just get like a quarter pounder or whatever. Yeah, there's three of them. When's the last time you had McDonald's? As a non-meat eater. Um, trying to think. I uh, probably had an airport last year. Um, I got their hash browns, which are good. I bet they have some sick Conan tie-ins in Japan. They have double quarter pounders with cheese. So a double quarter pounder, would that be half a pound then? Yeah. I've asked somebody about this. Why they don't call it a half pound? Yeah. Because it's about like they have to calculate like the pers- like the meat patties because they get sold by the quarter pound or whatever. So if they did like if they called it a half pound, it would somehow be lying so they could get sued or something. I see. Interesting. These are the facts that people come to Case Reopen for. It's true. <laughs> it's true. What's the first episode called? It's called what we're D- talking about today. Detective Boy's survival case, Kyle. And its air date was October 14th, I believe. I'm pulling this out of my butt. Yeah, 1996. 1996. And this is actually the first time that we've had a break in the series. Because the last episode we watched was in like mid-September. So they took almost a month off. And that's the first time the series really had a break. Otherwise, it was interesting every single week. So it was still like a small, a small break. I just found it funny because like... This is only a few episodes past the like season one fina- quote unquote finale, <laughs> where they yeah. just continue the next week. Why wouldn't this like the one be- case before this be the finale where you re- meet Ron's mom and then they actually take a break? Like that That'd makes more sense. Yeah. You know what? Was there a reason? Like, uh, was there some sort of holiday that they just? It wasn't that they were taking a break from animating, but like, was it just like an air date? break I, I i have no additional information on the break i just know that it occurred let's go to japan figure it out yeah i'm not a detective canon historian to that level although oh we, we do try to fact check everything that we say on here oh, you don't have to lie oh i, I take this job very <laughs> seriously but uh no, i don't I'm sorry. how excited were you for this Oof. episode because it has Detective Boys in the title, and we don't get that that often. This was uh, a high point of the hype levels, I think. Uh, I think the season one finale was pretty high. This is right below it. 
Right. I I'm craving the detective voice. It's been a while. I feel. Yeah, and this is kind of like the first episode that we get to see them in Agasa kind of um, oh, fulfill so his fatherly role here, as he like takes in all these random um, like kindergarten kids. Which what is if the show is just like this? It'd be a good show. It would. It, it might be a better show. Damn. All right. So <laughs> let's we'll come around back to that. But the uh, episode begins at Agasta's house as the professor is rummaging through his belongings. And then he unveils a treasure map. He then begins to laugh maniacally like he's a, a villain. Like he's from uh, Pinky in the Brain. He's like, ha 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 ha. Sneaky Agasta. Yeah, sneaky Agasta. The professor then takes all the kids out on a treasure hunt. And everybody's super excited. You see all the kids. They're like, oh, we're going to find so many diamonds and gold. And then Conan is like... Am I really being taken out for a treasure hunt? I'm 17. I love I love the idea of a 17-year-old being like too above it, you know? Like I'm 17. Yeah, but I like this is exactly how like kids like act at that time. Oh, absolutely. It, it's true to life. But also like you would you would assume that Shinichi's a little shit, you know? Like think about like a cute-looking video game. Like people that will play <laughs> that will be like one to like 13 year olds and then people from like 14 to 17 think they're just way too cool for it right and then it's like 19 to whatever is like they'd be fine playing. like ratchet and clank for example yeah yeah there's that age where you like become a shit and you think you're too cool for everything and then eventually you come back around and like pokemon again yeah so jim uh shinichi is in that I almost just called him Jimmy Kudo using the <laughs> English dub names. Like, oh god, we should commit to something like that since, like, we're called uh, Conan or what are we? What's our show called? Uh, Case reopened. Case reopened. Yeah. Well, just wait. We'll be rewatching the, these same episodes <laughs> at some point in like probably ten years because like, I guarantee the show will still be going and we'll need to fill time somehow. So we'll it's be watching roll. the dub. So. That's going to happen, God damn it! And I'm, I'm going to hate myself, but I'm committed to doing this. Um, <laughs> they all arrive at a campground, and Agasa tells them that they're at the, at the Whitebone Tree, and that their next stop is called the London Bridge. While the kids play, Agasa's just going to sit there, relax, and go fishing. Uh, after the kids cross a dangerous-looking bridge breaks apart and falls down and conan asks himself professor what the hell were you doing here bringing us to a dangerous place like this how are you going to get back now so um i, I kind of like this thing where conan's kind of having to be the adult because Agasa's not there and we kind of get this um playoff between the different characters in a couple episodes we definitely got it in the episode where the, the other treasure map one where they were walking around town and Conan was like, "Hey, kids, you guys got to go back." Like he tries to protect right, them, right. but like yeah. he's he's really got to be the adult in this situation. And Sagas is just there, fishing obliviously during this entire thing. Yeah, I had a lot of questions whenever this first happened. Uh, they all get resolved, thankfully. So like, th- I guess there's a reason why this is all happening the way it is. But like, yeah, seemed like Agasa was being a, a bad person in this way. <laughs> We then meet two men who are also looking for a treasure that uh, a person hid. They said that the man died in an accident. And then the detective boys actually stumble across the people. Conan then scolds one of the dangerous looking men for not stomping out a cigarette. 
Then he notices that they both have like the same map. He's like, what the hell is going on? Uh, the men then leave and Conan's suspicious of what they're doing in the woods, but he doesn't, it's not the forefront of his mind. He's still trying to figure out these riddles that are connected to this here. Seems like a bad choice, you know, like maybe care a little more about that. Uh, they then find th- five trees that are called the devil's hand. And uh, did you know that the devil's hand is the left hand, Kyle? What is what's the right hand then? Um, that's called the stranger. <laughs> the stranger. <laughs> what? I thought you were gonna do the bit from the show, but you just went in a different direction. <laughs> what did they say? It was like the angel's hand or something. Yeah, like you can, I can be your devil or your angle. Yeah, but uh, there was like a real like negative stigma towards left-handed folk for a while there. So I think that's for a weird while that... it still exists, Kyle still exists maybe that's what we need to be talking about in campaigning <laughs> on twitter no no no. i'm against left-handed people oh okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry i didn't make that clear enough <laughs> they are heathens yeah. almost every guy in my family is left-handed except for me which oh is thank weird. god because my grandfather was my uncle is but i'm a righty so the more you know do if you were left-handed huh? yeah i'd probably be creative or something and that really <laughs> probably be creative the kids are podcasting we get this great scene where all the kids are climbing up this mountainside and you're like what are you doing guys (laughs) like this is so like dangerous for them and then the snake latches on the ginta's arm and then he freaks out and then all the kids are falling down running down this cliffside and they fall into the river i find it hard to believe this could support ginta at all you know (laughs) how'd this work we get this amazing scene where Mitsuhiko is thinking he's going to drown, but it, the water's <laughs> only like knee deep. And oh, Genta's just like, hey, just stand up, dude. Mitsuhiko sucks. And then probably my one of my favorite parts about this episode were the little interactions between Ayumi and Conan. And so they're all damp and Conan uses the top of his flashlight in order to light a wet match. And then Ayumi's like, wow you're you have so much wise grandma knowledge (laughs) i like how he's like really upset about that too yeah and he's like it's called survival knowledge thank you (laughs) Uh, not a grandma can't even take a compliment kenan would be a good grandma though do you think yeah the kid be a better grandma than ran no she'd be like the coolest grandma shinichi like he would have cool tips but like he would also suck you know, he'd give you the worst type of candy. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Shinichi can have fun. <laughs> no, he sucks. The kids go it. through a series of different hijinks, including going over mountainside cliffs and then using a vine across a gap. I really like the part where Genta, the fat <laughs> ass that he is, snaps the vine. He's like a bomb. <laughs> yeah, and then he lands on the rest of the kids. And there's a really funny, like quick line where he's like 9.9 like he's on the olympics and was doing like a gymnastics routine and they all play into it (laughs) they're like yeah (laughs) yeah i I love that we we had so many of those like little small light-hearted elements which i I thought really fit the show well Mm, yeah for sure and really contrasted with the next episode that we'll talk about god yeah because (laughs) we really went to the two extremes of canon because this is like real light back to back yeah the kids then come across a sign that the two men broke they can't read what's on it and ayumi says that they'll have to do a rubbing 
Uh, Conan pours water on it, and then he puts dirt on the sign. They wipe it off, and then they can read it. It says that the sun's needle, uh, using the sun's needle, they can go east. And the two men overhear this, and they continue following the kids. Uh, eventually, the detective boys stumble upon a bunch of poles, and then Mitsuhiko falls down in the tall grass, and he hits his head on a rock like a doofus. Uh, Conan then climbs a tree, and he notices that all the fallen trees and rocks make the shape of a big dipper, and that the columns actually are a W. It's all a sign about the constellations. And then they find this rock with a P on it, which stands for the like Polaris or something, the North Star. And then they have to stop five paces, and this big secret entrance comes out, which is real cool. Uh, I, what did you think of just the the mystery element? Because I thought it, it was kind of like low key, um, compared to most of the thing. It was kind of just sure. like kind of there. Um, I did like a few things. Like I thought the like the trick he used to get the match to light was really neat. Um, that's the stuff I liked. I liked the survival technique stuff because then it was like, well, does some of this stuff work? You know, like the whole like dirt thing with the water where they found the indents on the sign. Like, I guess that would make sense to a little bit, but it, it felt like a it felt like a more traditional kid show in that way. You know, where there's just like random tips. Yeah, I like learning stuff in Canon and we, we get a good, healthy amount of that throughout all the episodes. So I like that element. Um Kids go down the steps, uh, they open the treasure, and they find a bunch of jewels, Kyle. The what, good stuff. What would you do if you just found, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars of jewels? Oh, I would uh, I would put it all on first. I'd become the jewel man, and I would walk out, and I would be dripping with jewels. You know what they call that now? They call it ice. Ice? <laughs> yeah. I would become pure ice. That's what I'm saying. I'd be like a One Punch Man villain, you know? How if you get obsessed with a thing, you become like the thing? Like how there's lobster men. You wouldn't give any to like uh, Morgan. You wouldn't give anything any to her? Uh, No, I would just become a jewel. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It's for me. (laughs) You're one of the giant jewel villains in Persona 5, the the rare monsters you can get. Yes. Someone would kill me. Damn. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, so after they find that, the two men show up and they have a gun. Conan realizes that they're Joel thieves. Then he uh, turns off his flashlight, powers up his shoes, and then he easily kicks both men in the face with it. So we get a quick little fight scene, um, but it wasn't really the focus of the episode. Um, what did you th- did you th- did that feel a little anticlimactic to you, or did you not have an issue with it? Uh, yeah, it seemed pretty rushed. I was also really confused because uh, I replayed this bit like three times because it felt like I was missing something, but he kept kicking the bag of jewels, right? Yeah. And and I don't remember them saying like, these are fake jewels or like, these this isn't the real treasure. So like, he seemed pretty dismissive of all that cash just sitting there. Am I missing something? Um, I think he really did kick the jewels. I mean, jewels are heavy. Why did he do that? why do you not pick him back up well i think they gave the jewels over to the police after they arrived oh okay i don't think i don't think kevin was ever having dreams of keeping all the cash for himself the other kids i'm sure were but yeah i feel like he's chipping them out he knows that uh he's not gonna be caught with that dirty money of course there was the real treasure still hidden yeah they find another treasure chest 
has a piece of paper on it. And this is kind of sweet. It says, the treasure is all the experiences you've had getting here. You may have fallen into some water, started a fire, caught some fish, or worked together with your friends. All these are valuable experiences. You might not know it now, but these memories will become a priceless treasure. I wish for you to pass this adventure on to others if you can. Now, if I would have done this whole shit and I'd gotten that note, I would feel so pissed off. What if you got the jewels, though? Then I'd be like, okay, this was worth it. Yeah, like I would be a jewel man sitting there by myself reading this. And like, you know, my thumbs are encrusted because like it's just turned into jewels. And I just sit there and (laughs) I'd probably, you know, be pretty reflective. You know, what have I lost? And then we get a little hint here for things to come. Conan notices the name on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, my mind fucking blown. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, we. he notices the name at the bottom, and it says Yusaku K, October 10th, 1978. And uh, you don't really know him yet, but it turns out that Yusaku is his father. What so a tease. So we haven't met him yet in the anime, but we do know that he created this elaborate thing. Uh, then we get a scene where... Conan's like they trek back to the professor and then Conan realizes they were like just directly across from him like they went on this big long journey right they were actually just like going 30 feet which is kind of hilarious um the kids make it back they tell him uh Agasa what happened he calls the police and the tired all children all sleep well uh Conan remarks that these kind of hunts are fun no matter what age you are so we see him kind of mature a bit here and that the jewels weren't the actual treasure that he found. And then we get this one little scene where he signed the letter in his real name. He put Shinichi, October 10th, 1996. Oh, yeah, that was a good bit. Yeah, that was cool. And, uh, you know, once again, the anime dates are almost lining up with uh, the air dates. Because it's there on October 14th and he writes October 10th on it. So that's kind of neat. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, we, we skipped this bit, but like... Uh... Oh God! What is? I'm blanking on her name. Who's the girl? Ayumi. Ayumi. Yeah, like Ayumi's hat flows in the little stream that Agasa's fishing in, and so he thinks for a second, like maybe I shouldn't have let them go hunting in the forest randomly because that seems like an insane thing to do to let ten year olds go do that. But then, whenever they re- it's revealed that like Agasa knew that this treasure hunt was uh, Shinichi's dad's, like that made it all make sense, right? Yeah. Like, that's when it was like, oh, okay, he knows that people have done this yeah and um we also get a little more of the backstory here after the credits agasa explains that a a story shinichi's father wrote was stolen back in the day one thought it was done by a fan and then it was never found apparently this was with the treasure i guess um and uh, as the joel thief himself was actually the person that stole yusaku's um manuscript and then Kenan's looking through the manuscript and then he finds out that the book was dedicated to him when he was a baby. Aw. So I guess that also explains why the the thieves were using um, the similar path that like Yusaku had came up with it. Um, which I don't totally understand. They don't really get into that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds weird. <laughs> like I'm guessing maybe that was like included with the manuscript. Like just some like maybe he wanted that hunt to become like a, a popular thing or something. Very strange. Two episodes about plagiarism. Yeah. But uh, what did you think of the episode overall, though? Oh, this was a great episode. Um, I mean, I always love uh, the Detective Boys episodes, obviously. 
Uh, they're always fun. They're always sweet and charming. But I think the thing that pushes this one above a lot of the other ones is that it ends with that really nice touch. It's it's a little sentimental. It gives you that like that last little um, what does he say? Uh, uh, the real treasure is like these valuable experiences, and yeah. like, he wants the the letter wants whoever does the thing to pass this on if they can. Like that just seemed really nice, and that seemed like if I was a kid doing that, that would have meant a lot to me, and like I could see that being a very fun thing. And the fact that it's Shinichi's dad apparently makes it a little bit more like you know my eyebrows raised but uh, i thought it was it's sentimental in a way that conan normally doesn't get right like conan normally even like in the emotional episodes when it's being sincere it's more just you know dealing with emotions in a way that the show doesn't normally so i appreciated that that little touchstone yeah it was a very sweet episode um if you had to guess was this written by that hat kisho yama <laughs> Or was this an anime original? I mean, you talked about uh, the dates, so I assume Oyama wrote this. I hope not, though. No, he did not write this. This is oh no way anime original. Hell yeah! Oh, I'm so excited now. I'm, I can't wait to talk about this at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so Goisho Oyama once again confirmed to be a hack. I, I like this episode more than the ones we're about to talk about. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised. Yeah. I do not share that sentiment, but uh, that's <laughs> okay. interesting, though. Um, we get the next canon hint for next time, and it's peeping. So What a hell of a hint. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we like to have these relatable moments. And since the topic of peeping is up, cow, have you ever been a peeping Tom? Have I ever been a peeping Tom? Let's see. I've done the thing where like my neighbors were having sex and I didn't know what was happening. So I put my ear up to the floor because I couldn't tell if it was like a bad sound, you know, like is somebody getting hurt or is it like, oh, they're just having a lot of fun. And turns out, yeah, it was just sex. So you're like the nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I like tried to whisper. Listening? No, I felt very awkward. I lo- I went to my living room because it was like in my bedroom, and uh, it was like a lesbian couple, very nice. Uh, but they were just going to town. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Have you ever been a peeping tom? No. 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 Sadly. Seems like you're missing out. Yeah. I don't get to hear <laughs> any lesbians going at it. Sadly. Uh, but, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm better without it now. <laughs> I do get to watch the Mountain Vila Bandaged Man murder case. This is part one. This originally aired October 21st, 1996. So one week after last week's episode. So this episode begins with Ron and Conan walking through a forest. And we get a, a cute little scene with Ron where she won't admit that she's lost. And she's like, we're just uh, taking the scenic route. Yeah, that was good. Um, I love her. I love her like stubbornness. Yeah, like it's a Can't real. Admit it. It's a defining characteristic of it, and it's not like stubbornness to a point where it's like a real negative. It's it's kind of just cute. Would you tell like if you were with a little boy who like depended on you for survival? Would you let them know that you were lost? <laughs> well, I mean, Conan's so mature that I sure I feel like normally you probably wouldn't, but I feel like considering Conan typically knows more than she does. 
<laughs> Weirdly enough, I think I'd probably just admit I mean, it. she still thinks Conan's like a normal dumb kid at this point, right? She doesn't think he's dumb. That is fair. She knows how valuable he is. How um, valuable? Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that like she's just hanging out with him because like, he could solve cases. Exactly. He's a good luck charm. Yeah. Uh, they arrive at the villa and then spot a mysterious bandaged man wearing a cloak. And he runs off. And they go inside the building, and they are greeted by none other than Sonico Suzuki, my favorite girl. Um, Sonic. No, Sonico. Same thing, right? And then she calls Conan a wart. Says that it'll be harder to find true love since they're since they're all here to meet cool guys. <laughs> I mean, she's got a point. It is true. Ron then asks if any of the guys... Oh, you know, before we get to this point, what do you think about seeing that dude with the bandages? Oh, well, I mean... Do you want, like, my first expression, or do you want, like, uh, whenever the two episodes were over? Oh, your first first impression. What do you think when you saw that? First impression. Uh, it was just... Oh, he's gonna be the guy. <laughs> you know? He'll be the murderer. He looks scary. Yeah. Nobody's walking around with a cloak and, like, bandages on their face because they're not shady you know ron asks if any of the guys have bandages on their face and sonico says that nobody is currently injured they then go put away their longings in their room but ron struggles to find hers she ends up walking into every guy's room where they're changing on her way there that's a really funny scene jesus <laughs> and then conan's like come on ron knock before you enter next time do you think this was conscious what do you mean you think Ron was like playing it up a little like, oh no, I'm walking in on all these boys. No, I think she's just a dit. I don't think. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true. I don't feel like she's horny on Maine. I, I couldn't tell if it's like, is she playing this up because, you know, uh, she's so smart usually. And I couldn't tell if it was like, oh, she's being, she's being silly. So one of the things I really love about this case is just how pivotal this moment winds up being. God. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it's such a small little gag and then it winds up being like the key part of the case. I was so mad when they made that reveal, too, because I had a whole thing going in my head and then this like destroyed it all. So. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear what your thing was. <laughs> so Sonico then explains that everybody was in the same movie making club with her older sister. They haven't seen each other in two years. Thus, they got the got together here. And we meet Uta. He's a car salesman. Boy, does he look like a sleazy car salesman. Um, and he's he was the lead actor. So he's the hunk. That's who Sonico has the hots for. There's the film magazine editor, Sumia. He was the cameraman in the club. And then we meet Takahashi, who uh, is this heavyset guy. And uh, he was the set designer. Now he works for a food company because he's fat. So he works in food. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Meanwhile, we meet Sonic's sister, Ayako. We meet her for the very first time. She'll reappear in a few episodes. Um, and she does makeup and costumes. And then we meet Chik- uh, Chikako, who was the director and the head of the club. She's already having a bunch of professional success by putting out a film called The Blue Kingdom. And that's out in theaters. She wrote the screenplay in a student, and that's made her a star. What do you think Jealous. of the? Yeah, what do you think of these characters? Um, Conan often does this where they shotgun blast us with a, a lot of characters that don't have a lot going for them. So they fit into uh, really easy tropes. Um, 
But I think what's interesting with this group is that they're connected to Sonico. So that made it feel a little bit more relatable in the same way that like Kogoro's Hulk group did uh, yeah. in the season finale. So I definitely, uh, I had thoughts about some of them, which we'll get into later. But Sumia then remarks that Takahashi has gained weight again. And they joke that he won't be able to fit in the film. Rude. Um, Sonic's sister then remarks that Atsuko would have had fun here. And that's when Chikaka freaks out, saying not to talk about her as she wants to relax, not talk about people that died two years ago. Which is like a Jesus. very chill and cool response <laughs> to be like, yeah, don't bring up that person that's dead. Especially uh, in the way they died, like the I whole know. circumstance of it. Ayaka yeah. then goes to make dinner. And Takahashi goes upstairs to finish repairing the roof since it's supposed to rain later. The rest decide to play cars, but then Chikako goes for a walk despite it going to rain. It then starts to pour, and then Sonic is swooning over Uta. And then she's like, oh, Ron, are you not interested? Oh, yeah, you've got Shinichi, don't you? And then Ron <laughs> starts getting mad because she's being teased about him. And she's like, I kick Shinichi's butt if he was here right now. And he's like, hey, hey, I'm here right now. Girl. And then, uh, oh man, this part's great because Uta, the man that he is, he walks over and he's like, "Hey, want to go for a walk?" And then Sonic is like, "Oh yeah, yeah," but he's like, he walks right past her and to Ron. And then poor Sonica. <laughs> yeah, Ron goes on the walk with him, and Sonico and Conan are both super pissed off. We get this hilarious scene because they start telling them, and um. <laughs> Uh, Sonica goes, I can't believe Ron Charity has Shinichi. I guess I'll just have to go after him instead. And then Conan's like, that's not happening. <laughs> that, that was a really good bit. I liked it. I loved it. So cute. <laughs> like, oh, good old Sonica. I love her. She's so, Does I know she you... ever figure it out? Huh? Does she ever figure it out? What do you mean? That Conan Shinichi? Sonica? Yeah. No. Oh, that's good. Okay. Very few characters <laughs> figure it out. Um, but there are people that figure it out. So we can look forward to figuring out who knows and who doesn't know in the future. But uh, I remember when you first met Sonico at the, uh, it was the Valentine's Day episode. You're right. Negative and um. She sucked. <laughs> yeah, and she, she's still kind of one note at this point. But have your have your thoughts changed anymore? I know she's still kind of like definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more about the context of which her like uh, endless boy craziness is presented in that first episode. It was just it felt like that was all like she just liked hot dudes and like didn't even really consider Ron much of a friend, really. But uh, you can really see that their friendship is real and uh, and her having that uh, interaction with Shinichi or with Conan was very cute. And it sort of plays into the idea that like she has more interiority than I think the show has let on so far, you know? So like her seeing Ron go off with Uotu. What's his name? Oota? Maybe. I don't know. I've, just, I've been saying Uta. But, uh, Uta. Yeah, that's probably it. Uta. <laughs> Whenever Ron goes off with Uta, she like immediately retaliating in her brain being like, oh, I'll be with Shinichi then. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was good. <laughs> yeah, it was a really cute scene. Uh, and then Ron's actually telling Uta about Shinichi and he tells her, Forget about cool guys that leave you and don't come back. It's time to <laughs> find a new one, baby. I'll, 
I'll teach you what adult love is all about. She's still in high school, Uta. Yeah, this is creepy. You He's creep- a predator. I guess it's different in Japan. They have a lower age. Of <laughs> so oh, I guess Lord. like culturally it's different, but it is weird. Um, about a thunder goes off and then Ron runs off. And then after she runs into the woods, which is not a good decision, Ron, don't just run into the woods. Um, she runs into the bandaged man. He tries to swing an ax at her. She screams. And then the figure runs away before he can be caught. what do you think about this dude? Just, Bringing a poor, a big old axe to poor Ron. Who carries an axe, number one? Number two, who tries to kill Ron? What'd she do? Which, well, uh, I was asking that a lot throughout this episode, by the way. Yeah, it was just, man, this, it's just a violent way that Conan's not usually, like, super violent. Like, this dude's just trying to chop people up with an axe. It got a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah, nobody else saw the attack, but Takahashi also says that he saw the creepy guy next to the bridge when he arrived. Uh, they confirm it's the same person, and then Uta and Samiya both say that they saw him when they arrived. Hiyaki says that it's not possible for him to just live around here, as this is the only villa on this side of the mountain. They then decide to call the police, but the phone no longer works. Takahashi freaks out, saying the man cut the line, and so he runs outside. And that's when they notice that the bridge is broken and that they're stranded up there for the night. Kenan then looks at the post and there are cut marks. So somebody cut down the bridge and it wasn't an accident. Another bridge falling. Yeah, I like these scenarios. I like when they're trapped. Raises the tension. You know, now that we're talking about this back to back and knowing that the first episode we watched was uh, an anime original. It sort of sounds like they're lifting a lot of shit from this two-parter yeah i mean um there are similarities and then like the whole treasure map was kind of similar to the case we did earlier with uh all the detective boys going on the treasure hunt and there's the gold smuggler the people that robbed the bank Mm. so it kind of like combined a few story elements to make their own which is deadlines are tight i get it i get it it was a great episode i ain't gonna fault for sure for sure uh, Chikaku says that this man is just trying to scare everyone and they're giving him exactly what he wants by freaking out. Once back inside, she finds a note underneath her door and she has a shocked look on her face. And then she retreats to her room saying she doesn't need dinner. Later on, Ayaki talks about the reunion being ruined and the mood being bad. And then Conan asks what happened to Atsuko. And it's revealed that she killed herself two years ago and that's why the group disbanded. Uh, later on, Takashi is upstairs and he spots the bandage man. He screams, Hey, he's by the window. And then we see him swing by with Chicago in hand. And, uh, what did you think when you saw this? You see, you see the scene of this dude just totally got her running by the window. Oh, her face, uh, that shot of her, just like her blank, blankless, like horrid expression. Very freaky. Um, and then eventually when we figure out what happens to her. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, Conan chases after him. And then they find a leg oh. out in the fucking woods. This and is a th- kid's show. And then they find an arm. This is this And is Sumia finds the rest of the body. And he's like, hang on there. And then he goes to like prop her head her like body up to hold her. And then the fucking head falls off. Because she's been decapitated, Kyle. Chicago's dead as fuck. 
Yeah, she's really dead. She got got. Yeah, this Ugh. is violent. Yeah, in a way the show has not been. Like, we've seen people get, like, stabbed and there's, like, blood all over. We've even had them. decapitations before. Like, the very first episode, it had that decapitation. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But it <laughs> wasn't like that. this. Yeah. This is insane. This is... Why is this in a kid's show? Even for, like... Like, I've read, like, you know, over a thousand chapters of Case Closed. And, like, this is up there for, like, just <laughs> some of the, like, most violent stuff they've had. Yeah, I was pretty shocked. I I guess when Ron got attacked at first, uh, you know, I didn't feel much tension just because it was like, oh, well, I mean, first off, nothing would happen to Ron. But, like, this show's not so crazy where we're going to see somebody get dismembered, right? And then, no, it is. Yeah, they kind of turn it, it into, through. like, a, a slasher flick, which I like. Because you get all these elements, like, all oh, they're stranded in this cabin. There's bad That's weather. That's true, yeah. You know, they yeah. can't escape. There's just masked man that are stalking them and attacking them so it's a really cool setup i love like the general vibe of this episode for sure uh uta says that as long as they lock everything they should be fine and they should just go to sleep conan then notices that chicago's slippers aren't near the front door and he can't figure out how she left the house he's then shown the back door and that's where they find her slippers conan then deduces that she was trying not to be seen Ron tells Conan that she'll beat up the bandaged man with a karate if he appears again, and for him to not worry. And then Ron can't sleep because she's scared. Oh, and then that's she so decides sweet. to share a bed with Conan. And then Conan's like trying to put the case all together, and then he ke- just keeps looking at her like lips, and he's like, "Oh, I can't concentrate." I just uh, I just rewatched Evangelion, so like in my head, if anyone who's seen that show, I kept imagining Conan's just gonna kiss Ron right there. So glad this is not that kind of show. <laughs> it's hilarious because like Ron uh, Conan's like, you know what? This isn't even my type of case. You know, the police will find this psycho. <laughs> I'm not even needed. Who cares? Like as soon as Ron goes there, his mind just goes to mush. It's very funny. And then he's we like the, all of us. We get the, it looks like the episode is just going to end in a nice peaceful note and we get the ending song, but then we get a little scene afterwards where the bandaged man appears in the room and he tries to kill Ron with his fucking giant axe. So Conan pushes her out of the way. Then he yells at her to wake up, but she she just can't get woken up. And uh, he gets thrown to the wall and he sprains his ankle. And then he uses his voice-changing bow, bow tie to amplify his voice. And then she finally wakes up. She screams and that forces the masked man to leave again and I, I really like the contrast here because ron was trying to comfort conan earlier and saying that she'd beat him up with her karate but who makes the save it's conan and then she was so scared that she couldn't pull the trigger despite her being the total badass that we know like she does have like a fear of like supernatural and like this creepy dude like that looks straight out of a horror movie like fits that type of thing mm. that she would be scared of and so she was kind of frozen and fair there so like you know despite her saying hey i'll protect you it was conan who had to protect her so i thought that was a interesting how, how do you think about this ending because it's an intense way to end the first part oh jesus yeah uh i agree with you there i think it gave ron a bit of relatability um and i think it's funny just that shinichi's just a stuck in a kid body so what is he gonna do but um 
I also thought like, I don't know. I feel like the show should have ended in a, in the middle of the action and not resolve it so quickly. Um, it didn't make like, I'm not complaining too much because obviously we were watching it all at once. So like, it didn't bother me, but like, it felt like as the guy was like about to get Ron, uh, like it should have cut away before it showed Shinichi or Conan figuring out to use the bow tie modulator voice thing. Just because that, I feel like that would have given us something to really like, you know, be on the edge of our seats for. But as it all happened, it was so intense and out of the blue, and especially because it's a post credit, you know. Yeah. Then we get the the hint for next week, which is piano wire, and then we get a little bad humor here at the very end, where they're like the <laughs> the announcer guys like, next episode we'll see what's under the bandages. Ick, open wounds. So stupid. <laughs> so bad. I love those little moments though. Like occasionally yeah. they'll have these really like bad puns and jokes at the very end of the episode. So people watching at home had to wait one whole week, Kyle, for part two here. And I, I think to your point about how they could have stopped it in the action earlier, um, about half this episode is just them explaining the tricks. Um so <laughs> it's not really structured um super well for a two-parter i feel like they probably like not that i have any issue with it like watch this one whole thing like we did Mm -hmm. but it's definitely like the first it's definitely structured weird and i feel like yeah later on they get kind of better at this how how they cut their things into and i think this case was just kind of weird where it's like too much to do in one episode but like might have been not enough for two episodes. It's kind of in like a weird middle ground. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. It reminds me a lot of actually uh, that that episode we had, the first two-parter, I think, on the cruise ship. So I feel like that second episode was a lot of like catching us up on what was happening. Mountain Villa, Bandage Man, Murder Case Part 2. The episode begins with the rest of the house learning about the attack that happened where the guy came up to Ron's sleeping and then Instead of, like, trying to rape her, he tried to split her head in two. My God. Terrible guy. Uh, they find out that the glass was cut, and that's how he snuck into the room. And then they state that he used the tree to climb onto the veranda. And Conan, but that doesn't really gel with Conan, because he finds it strange, because there wasn't any mud inside, because it's raining outside like crazy. Um, and then they decide to all be together, as it was too dangerous to be split up. Uh, as they walk to the room, Conan notices that Ayako has the choker that Chikako was wearing. He says that he she found it near the front door when they went chasing after the bandaged man. And that's strange to Conan, as he saw it on her head earlier, and she was headed towards the forest, not the door. So, things are starting to not add up here, Kyle. Very interesting. I feel like uh, the killer might be inside the house. Yeah, you, you mentioned earlier you had a big theory. Is it time to broach that yet? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we can talk about it. Um, So I'm not sure exactly when I thought this was happening, but uh, I remember I was piecing things together pretty early thinking that the actor guy was like lost in a role or something and that he was really angry at Ron because she like, got scared during the thunderstorm and like essentially rejected him, you know, in air quotes. 
And I think that because if you look at his expression, whenever Ron like ran away from the thunder, uh, his like people's got mega small <laughs> and uh, the killer, he has a pretty similar shaped face. It's very triangular. And uh, the two other boys that are there, not the actor, but the cameraman and the set designer, they do not have that shape of a face. The cameraman has like a square face and the set designer has like a big bubble fat face. So, you were really um, going all in on this. Yeah, I thought I was on it. So I uh, I remember thinking like I created this whole like reason uh, because they were tying in the backstory with the, the friend of theirs that had yeah. committed suicide. And I was like, oh, okay. So if, if they told that story, that has to be told for a reason. It's going to be in the case. So I was thinking, what if actually she was murdered by this guy at first and he gets lost in like these murderous roles and so he's just haunted by this murder role that he's stuck in. And, uh, and that's going to be the thing. I, you know, case closed. I figured it out. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the terrible method actor. <laughs> he's trying to entertain us by playing the villain. Then Jared Leto over here, you know, became the villain himself. <laughs> we didn't know how twisted he was. <laughs> Ron says that she was scared during the fight, and that's why she didn't use her karate. Uta then tries to comfort her, and he's like, hey, baby, there's six of us. There's only one attacker. You'll be fine. And then Conan kicks him, and he says, there's seven people. <laughs> and then Ron comes to Conan's defense. He said that She says that he saved her life earlier. And then Conan says that he grabbed the waist of the man. And while he wasn't super skinny... He wasn't fat either. I mean, he looks at Takahashi and is like, so it must not be you. Uh, he then decides... <laughs> you fat motherfucker. <laughs> he then decides to take a look at, uh, at the video camera because uh, the camera guy was recording while the guy swung past the window. Uh, so he looks at that. Then uh, Ayako says that she's uh, Chikaka had read a note left under her door and then had a shocked look on her face. And that's when Conan deduc- uh, deduces that she must have been lured outside by the killer. And only a person from inside the house could have given her the letter. So that means... <clears throat> sorry. So that means that the killer is coming from inside, Kyle. Who would have thought? Oh, boy. Imagine if it just was some crazy guy. You know, if it actually wasn't. Yeah, like it became like a Scooby-Doo case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Conan then realizes uh, that the killer must be trying to attack Ron because of her opening the, the doors at the beginning. But he, but she can't remember anything odd that she saw. Just then, the power goes out, Kyle. This is just like a horror film. I love it. Um, Ayaka, Ron, and Conan decide to get candles. And while coming back, they hear a noise. And the bandaged man tries to attack Ron once again. However, her instincts kick in. And then she is able to kick the axe's handle. And it breaks. And they hear Sonico scream. So they run back to see Sonico. Um, But the second floor window was broken. So they go upstairs. And they notice that uh, they're like, oh, he must have broke through here. But one of the doors was unlocked. So it was just broken for effect. It wasn't actually how the guy came in. I, I'm very confused. Uh, whenever Ron kicks the axe and it breaks, and they just like run in Sonico's direction, did they not think to like, you know, check out who the heck just threw an axe at them? 
I think he ran off. Uh, it, it's also it dark. That fast? They had candles. The candles don't like. I don't know. I feel like I turned my head right when that happened. And they do move past they, it for. Yeah, and they, they were they just with Sonico. Move. So in yeah. my head, I thought Sonico like threw an axe at them for a second. <laughs> a very no. confusing. Sorry. Uh, while they're up there investigating the the broken balcony door, uh, Conan notices grooves on the ledge, and that's when he figures out the trick behind the case. But he still can't figure out why the killer wants to kill Ron. She's so nice, Kyle. She is. Who would ever? After some more thought, he figures everything out and is ready to share the truth. And I love this scene. So he's like, okay, I'll just use Ron. I'll knock her out like I do her dad. It'll just be some family thing where they become super detectives when they get tired. Um, (laughs) So he goes to shoot her, but his aim's just so slightly off. And then he knocks out Sonico instead. This ruled. So Conan's like, oh god, I guess I have to pretend to be her. Um, so Sonica blurts out that she knows who the murderer is, and that it's actually somebody within the house. Bum, bum, bum. She then brings up the lack of muddy prints in Ron's room, and explains that they must have gone through Chikaku's now empty room to the veranda. Then the person changed his clothes after the uh, attack was unsuccessful and blended in with the rest of the group. Uka says that makes no sense as they were all together when the bandaged man was kidnapped Chikako. But Sonica explains this by saying a dummy was being used and that they attached a piano wire to the head. Hey, that's the clue, piano wire. And swung it from the veranda. He then cut the wire and that's when it swung in front of everybody. And there's only one person that could pull it off because they were at the roof at that time. Takahashi. It's the fat dude. Were you surprised by this? Well, I guess you were because you thought it was going to be Uta. I literally out loud said, that's impossible. It can't be him. Because he's fat. Well, that and like I was I already solved the case. It's Uta. Yeah, you had it all figured out. Your method act. I was I was gone. Yeah, I was I was furious. I'm sorry. <laughs> He tells her to stop playing around and that's what he did with the body afterward if he's a killer as he wasn't carrying a body he was running through the forest with everybody else. However, Sonica says that he actually was. She mentions that he dropped the choker at the front door and he wasn't carrying her full body. He was just carrying her head. Her body was already chopped to pieces. My God. Ugh. Disgusting. She then mentions that... Yeah, and then here's the true shock that... Takahashi isn't actually fat. He's just pretending to fat be fat. <laughs> okay. Trying to be overweight just for clout. We've all been there, you know? Yeah. This is kind of all. I love this trick because this dude just pretending he's fat. So he has a like extra room so he can run around holding a head, a human head. And this is what I would do. That's what I would do. Yeah, he's smart. She mentions that he dropped the choker at the front. Oh, wait, sorry. There was a hole in his perfect plan, as because when Ron entered his room earlier, she saw that he wasn't fat. He just looked like a normal dude. She couldn't remember it just then, but he couldn't let it slide, and that's why he was trying so hard to kill her. He then admits the murder, and he says he did it for Asuko, the... The group mate that had died two years ago. He reveals that she wanted to be a novelist. 
and that after he saw the movie The Blue Kingdom, he knew why she killed herself. It's because the story was exactly the same as Atsuko's book, The Sky Colored Country. Chikaka had stolen her work and become a famous screenwriter off the work of their friend. He then drops all the disguises that he was still having in his fake <laughs> belly, I guess. Yeah, in his stupid belly. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says he'll join Atsuko. He pulls a knife to his face, all dramatic. What do you think of this reveal, man? Chikaku, kind of a bitch. God, this sucked. Especially just because like, the the reveal itself was, he's not really fat. He just hides shit in his oh, I loved it. <laughs> Especially the idea that he's running around with a dead head in you his can't, belly. Like, the lesson here is that you can't trust fat people. Even when they lose <laughs> weight, they're going to hold a grudge and murder somebody. That's right. At least he's, like, you know, well-intentioned, I guess. You know, it's not like because people bullied him or whatever. It's because, like... He thinks something like a grave injustice happened. Well, here's the problem with that. You must be out of your freaking mind, says Sonico. If you want to die, then go <laughs> ahead, you idiot. It might be true that you committed that crime for Atsuko, but when you attacked Ron, it wasn't for her sake. You were scared. You were scared of yourself becoming a murderer. You're no messenger of justice. You're an ugly murdering monster hungry for blood. Yo! Boom. What a... What a bomb. Yeah, sometimes Conan just goes on these fucking massive rants, and it's the best. You let your only friend, the computer, down. Uh, I love when he gets on his soapbox. Like, <laughs> I hate people preaching, but Conan always does it in such a way that he ends. Yeah, I mean, whenever you got a murderer red-handed, you know, that's a pretty good time to do it. So you really don't like the, the guy pretending that he was still fat? No, I think that sucks. It's pretty good. <laughs> I don't know if it's good. It's funny. I'll give you that. It's funny, but I think it sucks. He was just pretending to be an incel. <laughs> just pretending. Yeah. He actually... Do you think he uh, He and... What's her name? Got... Oh, God. What is... Atsuka. Do you think him and Atsuka got together? No, but I think he wanted to get with Atsuka. Oh, yeah. For sure. Mm. He wanted to. Because I feel like if they had gotten together and he had had his, he wouldn't be taking her death that bad. Sure. He'd still be upset. But he's yeah. just like, at least I tapped that before he died. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how people work. But oh, now man. he's now he's like holding it against Chicago, and he's like, "We'd be happily married if it wasn't for you." I love how all these dudes just don't do anything either. You know, I imagine like if someone like got found out to be a murderer, like I am trying to imagine if like me and my friends were in that instance, like I imagine we'd all like pin him to the ground so he doesn't do anything crazy. Uh, but maybe maybe I'm just like Ron and I'd just be scared. You know? Maybe I'm talking big. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He had a knife. He had a knife though. Well, I mean, they didn't know that earlier, right? When when they still thought he was fat. Yeah, but he was just being accused as a murderer. It's That's not true. like they knew for sure. It's not like he had admitted it. Because as soon as he admitted it, he basically pulled on the knife. Uh, we get the ending song, and then we see Ron thanking Sonica for solving the case. <laughs> and Conan's like, oh, oh. Uh, but thankfully, her hubris is equal to Kogoro, and she goes, if I'm involved in that type of case, is open and shut. Shinichi and your father can't compete. The time has come for the great detective Sonica. <laughs> I love her. That She's rules. So good. 
I love the idea too that like she would really get into this and think she's a great detective. Yeah, it's great. It really like plays to her character, and um, I don't think you'll be shocked to know that Conan uses her again in future cases. Hell yeah, I love it. So she... <sighs> she's so good. I love when he's just pretending to be her. It's so good, and then we get the next Conan's hint for next week: curtain. Oh man, these hints. Right. So I know you like the Detective Boys survival case more, but what do you think of the overall? What do you think of the Mountain Vila Bandage Man murder case? I mean, it was a good two-parter for sure, and I liked it more than the the cruise ship one. It's just a uh, by comparing the two, I think the Detective Boy one is is maybe a little tighter because it is that one episode. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I do like about these two episodes. I, I like that um, Sonico gets fleshed out a little bit more. Um, I do think that when they end up explaining the whole plot, once it's all said and done, it makes sense. Uh, it's not like I, I said that I was angry and stuff. It's just that I didn't I wasn't right. That's the only reason I was mad. I love that you I love how captivated you were buy the whole thing though like that's really cool I oh yeah Th- there was so much information in this one i feel you know they had a lot for you to play with i think and uh like i think the the aspect that he was fat right um it being as important as it was whenever we were talking about it i i was picking up on how many times they were like you know bring it at bringing it up so, yeah uh, yeah like on second not watching but you know as we were going through it, it's, it makes sense in my head, but I think there's just, there's so much stuff in this episode that really, I think a lot of times you can pin it down just because it's in 30 minutes. There's not a whole lot. It could really end up being, but with this one in particular, I think, yeah, you, your brain could do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. I, I thought both of these episodes today were really good. Um, this is like one of the cases that definitely rem- like remain in my head very sharply. I think just the, fact that the dude was pretending to be fat is really funny to me <laughs> and like that just that like i remember like almost everything about this case just because i knew like oh yeah this dude's not actually fat <laughs> sure so like this one stuck with me for a long time so i thought these were both good cases and we're gonna be back next week with two episodes let me see what they are oh oh we should Ooh. come up with like a name for this portion of the show like a what? next Conan's hint, you know? Yeah, you come up with that for next week and we'll all right. have it all figured out. I got you. So, we'll be checking out the Monday night 7.30 p.m. murder case, which is oddly Excuse specific. Excuse me? <laughs> Not the Tuesday afternoon 3.45 p.m. murder case, but the Monday night 7.30 p.m. one. Man, fuck off, Conan. And then we get the cactus's flower murder case. Cactus's flower. I am symbolic. Excited to tell you that the detective boys appear in one of the episodes. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm not sure what extent, but they all appear in one of them. So it can't be better than this last one, but I'm excited either way. So that'll do it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tyler Trees, my favorite website in the whole world. <laughs> Kyle, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me at Spirit and Soul, Soul Like the City, so S E O U L. Then you can follow our Twitter account, the show, at case underscore reopened. If you're 
listening through iTunes, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review, gave us a a five-star rating if you like it, give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Send us a tweet. We'd love to hear about how you got into Conan, and we'd love to bring it up on the show. Yeah, we'll read about it. Yeah. So uh, that'll do it for this episode. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.